going to go to the word of the Lord. In fact, we'll just, we're going to do this quickly. I don't want to take too much time. If you want to find your seat, I think at this point we'll just have the kids stay in here. I'm going to do a very abbreviated version of my message. At least that's my intent today. I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 5, three verses of Scripture. Galatians 5, 13, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. I'm going to preach for just a couple of minutes on this thought, the responsibility of liberty, the responsibility of liberty. God bless you. You may be seated. And I, it's 1120. I'm going to endeavor to be done in 10 minutes. March 23rd, 1775, the Second Virginia Convention had been relocated from the House of Burgesses to St. John's Church in Richmond because of increasing tension between the colonists and the British. Patrick Henry stated, For my own part, I consider it as nothing less than a question of freedom or slavery. It is only in this way that we can hope to arrive at truth and fulfill the great responsibility which we hold to God and our country. Sir, we have done everything that could be done to avert the storm which is now coming on. We have petitioned, we have remonstrated, we have supplicated, and we have prostrated ourselves before the throne and have implored its interposition to arrest the tyrannical hands of the ministry and parliament. Our petitions have been slighted, our remonstrances have produced additional violence and insult, our supplications have been disregarded. We have been spurned with contempt and appealed to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. Sir, we are not weak if we make a proper use of the means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. Three million of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battle alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battle for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, and the brave. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The immortal words of Patrick Henry and the cry for freedom, this some 13 or 15 and a half months before the Declaration of Independence, where he ends this speech with give me liberty or give me death. It is part of the human condition that we strive for freedom, we strive for independence, we want to do our own thing and it is to that end that God sets us free from the, slave, the slavery of sin and the bondage to sin. 
God is the one who ultimately gives freedom. God is the one who ultimately gives us liberty. But it is a freedom and a liberty that is not just to do what we want. It is a freedom and a liberty to do God's will, to fulfill God's purpose, to be free from the slavery of sin, but to be bound to serving Jesus Christ and Him alone. Aren't you glad that when you come to Jesus Christ, you can be free in Him? That you can be free to serve Him, free to live for Him, free to do His will. Prior to coming to Jesus, we can't do His will. We can't serve Him. We can't fulfill His plan. But when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, He sets us free. He that the Son has set free is free indeed, Jesus said. And when we come to Jesus Christ, we have freedom, but that freedom is not a freedom without parameters. It is not a freedom without boundaries. It is not a freedom that means that we can do anything we want at any time. But it has limitations and it has a responsibility that comes with it. We're free here in the United States. It is the home, the land of the free, the home of the brave. And and we are free Probably one of the freest nations on earth and maybe one of the freest nations to ever exist. But that freedom doesn't mean that we can do anything we want anytime we want. It has parameters. It has boundaries. You don't get to drive as fast as you want without penalty. You don't get to just go anywhere you want without penalty. You don't get to do anything you want But inside of that freedom, there is responsibility. And there is a responsibility to your neighbor. There is a responsibility to your fellow citizens. That you have to live in a certain way and act a certain way. You don't get to mistreat your neighbor. You don't get to to harm other people. But you have a responsibility in that freedom. And it is the same way with our spiritual freedom. Paul said this, For you were called to freedom... Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Just because you're free doesn't mean you get to do anything you want. Don't be fleshly. Don't be following after the flesh. And don't be following after your own desires, but follow after God. And I'm not going to go into that. It's 1126. I'm going to end with a fourth point here in just a moment. But the second responsibility is is that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Paul quoted Jesus and said the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And when you're free, use your freedom to take care of other people and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what we are called to do. It is the greatest commandment. It is fulfilled in the story of the Good Samaritan who was not a Jew was not supposed to be helping the Jews. But when the priest and the Levite passed by, the Good Samaritan came along and he loved his neighbor as himself and he took care of him. The third thing, the responsibility of freedom is that we must refrain from biting and consuming one another. We currently live in a culture that is doing exactly that. They are biting and consuming one another The imagery that Paul is using here is of wild animals who are in a fight and they kill each other and then they devour and consume 
one another. And he says, don't use your freedom in Christ to do that to your fellow Christian. We have a lot of division in our nation. We're divided on COVID-19 and how the government should react and how we should react and whether we should listen to them or they're just taking our freedoms. Or we're divided over race and, and what that looks like and, and whether there is racism or whether there isn't racism. And what does that look like? And we have all of these different factions going on. We have a lot of division in our nation. And in the church, we can't afford to have that. Paul specifically is addressing Galatia, and he says there's division among you, and you're fighting over doctrinal issues. And this person believes this, and another person believes that. And instead of loving one another, you bite and devour one another. You tear each other down, and you don't know what you're talking about, and you wouldn't know how to theologize your way out of a wet paper bag. I've known a few people like that on both sides that... Couldn't really theologize their way out of a wet paper bag, but I'm not sure how you get a theologian in a wet paper bag anyway, but that's beside the point. So we have a freedom that should result in serving one another and loving one another and being what the other person needs. But the last point, and it's not even really found in this particular text, but because this is a new church plan. It's the only thing that's on my mind all the time. That is this, that the responsibility of freedom is that we must help others find freedom. It's not enough to be free by myself. It's not enough that I'm going, man, I am free in Christ. But my responsibility is to find others who need to be free in Christ and help them to find freedom in Jesus Christ as well. That I've got to look out for others. I'm not saved just so I can go to heaven by myself, but I'm saved so that I can take as many people to heaven with me when I go. And I have to help them find freedom in Jesus Christ. Freedom from the chains of sin. Freedom from the slavery and the bondage of sin and serving the flesh, and serving the enemy. That I am bound with my freedom to help others find freedom and liberty. I read a lot of Westerns. It's 1130. Kim, if you want to go ahead and come. I'm, I'm wrapping up for the next 10 minutes. I've read a lot of Westerns. I, I probably I may have told you this. When I grew up, when I was 12, I wanted to be a rancher. That's what I was going to do when I, I grew up. And so when you're reading Westerns, and the good guy frequently ends up in jail. He's not supposed to be in jail, but he gets thrown in jail for a crime he didn't commit. I mean, at least every, you know, five out of ten Westerns. That's where you're going to, the good guy's going to end up in jail. And the good guy is going to get out of jail. And frequently there's somebody else in jail that they weren't supposed to be there either. And so when the good guy gets broken out of jail, he doesn't go by himself. He takes the other people that they weren't supposed to be in there either. And he helps them find freedom. That when we come to Jesus Christ and we get out of the prison of sin, we have to take others with us. We have to find somebody else that we can take. But it's not just the immediacy of that Western jailbreak 
It is the responsibility of a lifetime. Harriet Tubman, born a slave. A few discrepancies on whether she was born in 1820, 1822. Born as a slave. 1849, she managed to get her freedom. She went to the north. She wasn't satisfied with just being free. She wasn't satisfied with just going, I got out of the slavery and I'm good. But for the next 12 years, she made trip after trip back into the South to help friends and family find freedom as well. To help them escape and, and come to the North where they could find freedom, they could find liberty. They could find that freedom and liberty that Patrick Henry spoke about that somehow got overlooked in part. She helped them. And then when the Civil War broke out, she put herself in danger and served the Union Army helping people be free. But at the end of the Civil War, that didn't stop. She then continued to help them find their rightful place in society. And, and then she decided that she would help women have the freedom to vote. And she got involved in the women's suffrage movement. She spent her life helping others find freedom in the natural. Our calling, our responsibility, our mission is to help everybody we meet find freedom. It's not a new church plant. It's not just you start a church and, and that's what you do at the beginning and then you get to a certain size and then you just try to draw a crowd of people that are saved. No, it's not about how big a crowd we can get of saved people, but it's about how many people we can help find freedom in Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. We have a responsibility. Every child of God has a responsibility to help others find freedom in Christ. And I know we've already gathered around the altar and this will... And it may be anticlimactic to do it again. And so I'm not going to do that. But what I do want you to do is I want you to think about somebody in your life that you know. It could be a family member. It could be a close friend. It could be a co-worker. It could just be an acquaintance that you know. It could be your next door neighbor that you know they don't have the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. And the way this works, somebody's already come to your mind that of somebody that needs to be free in Jesus Christ. I want you, as we go to prayer here, 
to pray that God would help you to witness to them, help you share the gospel with them, help you to be salt and light so that they would want to find the Jesus that you know. And it's not just about one, but it should start with one. You can't reach everybody immediately, but you can start with somebody. And as Kim begins to sing, would you just pray that God would help you? And would you pray for that person that came to your mind that that the Spirit of God would pave the way for you to be able to witness to them and to share the love of Jesus? Would you do that right now? Jesus, we want to be a witness for you. We want to be salt and light. We want to bring other people into relationship with you, Jesus. opportunities to serve others we are to love others as ourselves we are to seek to maintain unity among one another but we're also to seek to lead others to freedom and because of our previous altar call just want you to go with this understand you have responsibility and if you love your neighbor as yourself you will want them to find the freedom that you have reality is it's both that difficult and that simple that if we love them we don't want them to go and spend an eternity in hell apart from Jesus Christ but we want them to spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ and whatever you have to do to reach that person that came to your mind to reach your family, to reach your friends, to reach your co-workers. Any difficulty 
is ultimately more than worth it if they can spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Paul said, I would, if I could, he said, if I could cause my people, Israel, to be saved. And I think he's probably speaking a little, with a little hyperbole. He said, I, I would be cast away. I, I, would, I would give up my salvation for theirs because he understood how important it was. And it, if his sacrifice could save the masses, he would gladly do that. The reality is we can't, but any little slight or any little rejection, it's worth somebody's salvation. Anybody thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for you? How many of you want other people to experience that? You want your friends, your family to experience that same freedom in Jesus Christ, that same salvation? Would you give the Lord a praise? right now as we close. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, I thank you for this service. It didn't go according to our agenda. It didn't go according to our plan. Lord, but it went according to your plan and your agenda. Thank you for your word. And thank you for the word that you spoke through Greg for us. God, help us to be everything that you've called us to be. Help us to grow in our relationship with you and help us to grow in our evangelism. And Lord, I pray that we would cry out with fervency and passion for you. In every situation and every time we need you, you will stop when your people pray. You will stop and answer when your people cry and call out to you. And we thank you for that. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Greet seven or eight people. Elbow bump them. Whatever you need to do. Keep your mask on. Be safe. And we'll see you back next week. God bless you.